Hello and uh, welcome back to Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Um, we're your hosts, I'm Adam. And I'm Craig, hello. Hello. Um, we're here to share cinema's guilty pleasures, uh, where we watch, break down, discuss our most beloved guilty pleasures. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. What are we talking about this week? Uh, we are here to talk about Escape from L.A. Yes, we are. John Carpenter's best film of the 90s. Okay, so um, what do you remember of John Carpenter from the 90s? Uh, well, first one I'll always remember is Vampires. Um, is that uh, James Woods? James Woods yep. and not Stephen or Alec Baldwin. The other I think Baldwin. It's, well, there's two more. <laughs> I can't remember if it's William or Daniel. I feel like this is the one where it's um, Daniel Baldwin. Obviously, Escape from L.A. Yeah, Escape from L.A. Um, Children of the Damned. Yep, I've seen that once, and I think most people have seen it once. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Reeve. Yeah, that, it yeah. was. I think it was the last movie he made before he had his uh, like near fatal accident yeah, his... and uh, paralyzed himself. Yes, and I believe the ending of that film is him thinking about a wall. Yes, yeah, uh, he's trying to plant a bomb uh, to kill all the kids. Yeah, and Great. has it got the kid from the Wonder Years in it? Ah, oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, they all look the One same. One of the Corys as yeah. well is probably there. Then we've got Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Yeah, Chevy Chase. Yep. Oh, a piece of shit movie. Yep. Yeah. Right, indeed. Sam Neill as the bad guy. Yep. And yeah, better or worse than the most recent Invisible Man movie? Don't know, don't care. Better, uh, better than Hollow Man? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will ever and be then, as good as Hollow Man. And then Mouth of Madness, I believe. Month of I, Madness. I, I've never of even heard of it. Never heard of it. Never going to watch it. Doesn't matter. Um, cool. So yeah, Escape from LA, uh, John Carpenter. Obviously, you've seen the movie. I have seen the movie. I've seen this movie a lot. Cool, awesome. Well, we're going to watch it again, yes, obviously, we just so we can get uh, the plot points down and obviously have a bit more discussion about the story. Uh, well, should we just get straight into that then? Yeah. Yeah, let's go watch the movie. So... <laughs> So, uh, Craig, welcome back. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's the 120 minutes you're never going to get back. And my God, I would give it up again. Yes. Uh, I Obviously, I really like this movie. Um, so let's jump straight into it. First thoughts? Amazing. Great. Love it. Right. It's... Episode done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cheers. Tune in next week. No, it's great. I mean, it's a childhood. It's one of the films that when I was growing up, my dad is a huge cinephile. Mm-hmm. He showed me films, um, but he showed me them in the right way. So he went, yeah. okay, we're going to watch Terminator. And then immediately we're going to watch Terminator 2. I was probably eight at the yeah. time, way ahead of when I should have watched it. And I fell in love with Terminator 2 and went, wow, I'm going to watch that every day forever. And kind of did for a while. But the yeah. same then happened with other films like, well, with Escape from New York. I got shown it. It was mm-hmm. dark and it was gritty and I didn't Very. necessarily get it or understand the nuances of it and then Escape from LA comes in and it amps up the kind of cartoon aspect of it and you go yeah all right Snake Pliston's cool it's a shinier toy you know version it's just like right okay if you like this we're just going to give it a bit of a revamp polish it up and then give you exactly what you got first time around exactly and like before it's the same with Home Alone Home Alone 2 Uh, same movie but different kind of the same with The Mummy same Mm -hmm. movie but different yeah it's great. It's cool. There are a couple of things now looking at it with an adult 
mind, I'm like, oh, that looks bad. Mm. I'll overlook it. I and... think some things look bad even then when it was released. But when you're seven or eight and watching it first for the first time, you don't necessarily notice. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and again, seven or eight, I watched this film. And then there are other bits where, okay, so for example, Snake walks in, mm-hmm. first meet him, and he's wearing the same clothes from Escape from New York. Yeah, cool. Right, let's just go that straight into the story. That's a good outfit, yeah. man. That's yeah, a good outfit. Classic. And then he changes into like this weird gimp suit black. Do you know I what? like the right. coat. I like the coat. Uh, everyone likes the jacket. Um, yeah, it's a the sweet duster. interesting uh, little factoid about that suit, they actually created a new fabric uh, for that suit. For the New York or for LA? For LA, yeah. Oh, shit. So all that shiny, what kind of looks like very thin PVC. Yeah. That's, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, that is actually brand new fabric that they somehow kind of intertwined and made. Nice. I mean, good. Good for them. Doesn't for look them, as cool yeah. as Escape from New York. <laughs> yeah, it looks a little bit more gritty, um, the Escape from New York, the brown leather jacket. Oh, yeah. the, the boots, uh, the, the boot. camo trousers. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a classic. Uh, you know, it's a classic look. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he gets uh he gets captured. He gets pulled in. And after being scratched with the what's it called again? The Plutoxin Seven virus. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And he goes through. I don't understand why this is. Uh, if we talk about plot holes, are we talking about story? the electric shocks in the hallway? No. Oh, go on, go on. Talk about. Oh, that, it was just a big. I bellowed with laughter when they're just publicly executing people in the corridor uh, so that's the choice so because they are being obviously shipped off to la they mm. get the choice of whether they go to la or they can take the death penalty but to do it in the corridor was just it's such efficient. a weird like okay we're seeing this but this would never end up here this there's a room for this surely because you've then just got to cart the body off yeah. it, it, it it stuck out to me as a big laughing point i yeah. still liked it but I, I think it's it plays into the dystopian future, like yeah. in a sense that yeah, it, the life is so meaningless to the fact that cool. Yeah, you can either get on the plane or the boat, or you can just go get sit down, and get electrocuted. It's up to you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he then Snake Bliskin gets tooled up. Um, great, great scene there. Oh, yeah. Good interaction with um, you know some of the other characters there. Yeah, and good exposition of uh, yeah, the hollow tape thing, yeah, holo, the hologram projector, the hologram projector in particular, and also the dart that renders someone unconscious or yeah. like it, it inebriates them for a moment, so you can get the jump. Uh, what is the terminology behind that? Is the is it Chekhov's Chekhov's gun? gun. Yeah, yeah, it's, che- it. it's Chekhov's sleep dart. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> Uh, then he proceeds to get into the worst CGI boat ever, oh, yeah. uh, which we can get into. So the he. He sails past the Universal Studios and the Which, shark. Right, the shark. Do you know what? That comes back a little bit later as well. I'll explain yeah, that right. a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that, um, let's just nail that quickly. The uh, CGI in this movie is shocking. That is terrible. The the matte finished background, like for the, um, when they do like the landscapes, like he's walking up into LA and stuff like that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, some even the, um, the stuff at the beginning, like the earthquake stuff, it's okay. Uh, it okay. was it, that was Sharknado territory for me. Yeah, um, but then it goes to absolute dog shit yep. when he goes on the underwater. Now the company that um, uh, was in charge of the CGI—they'd never done. They'd never done CGI, never before. Done CGI yeah. before. Uh Could you believe why the hell would you ever pick a company to do anything? like that like it would be like all right well i've never we've never seen your work before we have no idea what your level of production value is going to be fuck it here's some money 
put together like PS1 graphics. Almost like getting a company that are good at editing trailers to edit the entirety of Suicide Squad. It mm. worked out well for everyone. Well, exactly. So it, it's, it makes you think again sort of the uh, some of the missteps in this movie yeah. probably did come from the production uh, side of things. Uh, yeah. yeah, who signed that off? Um, they dropped the ball massively. Yeah. But yeah, so they, they, they got this company to do it. The company did a bad job and the company then went down good because they never should have done CGI in mm. the first place. The underwater submarine passed the shark through yep. Universal Studios. Literally jumps the shark. Jumps the shark, <laughs> goes through the uh, production office, the quote-unquote production office. John Carpenter said something like, I've had meetings in there that yep. you know, have been through, took me through hell or something. That's he, why it was that specific office. Yeah, he's uh, he throws in a lot of his own personal stuff into stories, like little quips and things like that. Mm. Um, he's got something like that that comes up when, later in the story. Um He's kind of Stephen Kingy in that way. Yeah, I get exactly what you say there. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Stephen King fan, yes. and he does like to throw in his own personal uh, grievances into his media. Mm. Um, most famously, it's the guy that ran him over, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And that's when he wrote um, is it Maximum Overdrive or Christine, one of them, one, one of the, the evil car movies. Something, yeah, some foreign object comes alive yeah. with a demon yeah. and goes on a bit of a killing spree. Uh, so he goes he ends up on New York he makes immediate friends with Peter Fonda yeah Peter Fonda rocks up <sighs> yeah he does uh, that's a shame well why is that a shame I don't know what he's doing but it isn't acting because it's acting it's it's not it's wooden and not well delivered uh, as a young boy watching that movie I did not know who he was okay. at the time so I just thought they just picked up some random random old dude, yeah, yeah random dude off the beach of LA but like, having having you know I just happened to have watched Easy Rider when yeah. I was a kid and I shouldn't have but <laughs> but I did so I was like oh okay that's a very nice little reference there but also you're not doing it man you're just you're there well, he's saying, only in it for such a small part of the movie hey isn't surf's he? up and surf's, surf's up, up. Um, and acid and so rain acid I always rain. remember it's the way he rain. says it yeah he says acid rain yeah that's like, that's probably his best line yeah uh, but yeah he follows Pliskin sends Pliskin to the city yeah so he goes up towards um, what's it Mulholland Drive well, it is Mulholland Drive he goes to yeah, Mulholland yeah. Drive yeah. that's it um, and he rocks up and he's trying to locate one of the special ops teams that's yep. already there. Finds out they've been used for target practice. Yep, great. Pretty cool bit. Meets the skinhead with the knife. Yeah. And, and fucks him up. He gets blown away. That's oh, it's awesome. so good. For people who haven't seen the film, Pliskin's walking down a dark alleyway. The skinhead with the knife comes out, pulls out his knife yep. to throw it, and then without turning around properly... Pliskin just shoots behind him and fills this guy. It was so cool. Um, I love the way that he gets shot. Like, you know, when they've obviously rigged it up for the uh, stuntman or the actor to get pulled back like yeah, that, so yeah, they're yeah. like almost taking full force of the shot, which is so unrealistic. Um, it's uh, we'll probably because I think we've uh, we've we've planned at some point maybe talk about Last Man Standing. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they take that up to eleven. Yes, where, where and saying Django away. Unchained. Yep, is taking it to great the nth example degree. as well. Yeah, um, I love the mm. the extreme end of blowing people away with a gun. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just it's funny. It's just funny to watch. Yeah, 
and it kind of harkens back to the 80s you know you shoot someone and they go flying backwards through or a window and out sh- and you down you shoot someone and... somehow they explode yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so then where does Pliskin go from there? He, uh, he goes rocks. to Ma- Maps of the Stars Eddie? Or... Yes, uh, Steve Buscemi uh, rocks up. Great. Always loved him. Always yep. will. And he used to be a firefighter. So it, do you know what? That is, that is like the one fact that everyone says about Steve Buscemi. It's like, oh, and did you know he was a yeah. firefighter and he helped out at 9-11? 9/11. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so he meets uh, Maps of the Stars Eddie. Um, and we don't know that he's actually in Quavo Jones's pockets. No, we yeah, don't. Spoiler. I no. will say, actually, John Carpenter has a great talent for writing character names. Yeah. Snake Pliskin is a badass name. It is. Uh, it's so badass that it was the um, inspiration behind Snake and Milk Gear Solid. Oh, shit. So that's why it's called Snake. Nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think Cuervo Jones is a great villain name. Yeah, he should obviously be Che Guevara yeah. 2.0. Yeah. You know yeah. What I, mean? I think Maps to the Stars Eddie is a real bottom of the barrel. Really? <laughs> Maps to the Stars, Eddie. You know what you're getting. <laughs> you want to talk about weird names? Uh, the president's daughter's called Utopia. And it's Strange. A bit like, bit, he called bit her strange. that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Maps to the Stars, Eddie. And then he, then we've got the motorcade bit. Yeah. Which is fucking cool. It's, it's all just awesome. Right. The best bit is obviously getting on a motorbike and then uh, shooting up, landing on the pickup truck yep. and then blowing yep. everyone away with a shotgun. Yeah. Fucking awesome. But then getting boloed by uh Yeah, that was Quavo a little Jones. bit like mm, okay mate. Like well that's could have ducked, Snake. Could have ducked. ducked. Could have done a lot of things. Could have yeah, <laughs> could have shot first. <laughs> but it's cool. I mean he he gives zero fucks yeah. throughout the film. He doesn't care what attention he draws to himself. If he's in a problem, he'll get out of it. Yeah. He doesn't care who he pisses off. Which kind of, you know, they sort of back and forth between him and HQ and stuff like that. And then they're constantly chiming in, going like, hey, Snake, you've got to do this. And you've Snake. Got Snake. 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 <laughs> nice. Um, oh, that's such a better game now. Yeah, it is. Um, so it, it's a bit of that back and forth. And then obviously it has that standoff, the, the Mexican standoff. Oh, with those guys. Well, I want to get to that. But I will say the back and forth bit with uh, HQ. Yeah. There was the one time it did annoy me where it was when he was in the submarine, the terrible CGI submarine, and he's like, they're like, you're going to blow the system. He's like, fuck you, or whatever, and just speeds oh, up. Oh, yeah, it's like, it's like, hey, your engine's going to blow up. It's dude, like, cool, awesome. just chill on this. Yeah. This is the one time just chill, and I know you're against the clock, but if that engine I've, goes, yeah. you are dead. I think, it, in a way, it kind of shows the his own lack of, you know, s- basic survival instinct in a sense so you know to self-preservation yeah yeah there we go so you know the fact that right okay well i'm gonna die anyway you know because i've got this virus in me yeah and i don't think he trusts the government enough to think that there is a cure or you know that they are going to fix him so he's like look i've got to do this shit uh i'm gonna do it on my own terms mm. and if i die trying well so be it you know what i mean and you're like cool Awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. Devil yeah I, I get that 99.9% of the time, but that is the one time. You're in a shark-infested water. Your engine might blow Was up. Was it dude. a real shark, though? I mean, it goes on. It, the right, one so at Universal that's the Studios thing. I never, I never, I, I didn't understand about that bit, especially as a young kid. And even yeah. now, actually, there's a bit of a question behind it because it's at Universal Studios. So is it not just the floating jaws but the float from, it, from the ride it, and then all it is is as it's gone past it's you know sort of been 
you know the the water current has like moved it yeah the you know maybe. What I, mean? I never i didn't actually understand was i've that always taken it to be a real shark and how, what a coincidence because that's also where the jaws yeah bit is it, it looks like it's going for the boat not I get it's what going you're up it goes up and to the right but can you see what i'm saying as well yeah, oh, fully. yeah, yeah. yeah. okay um so yeah, he gets on the motorcade, motorbikes around, gets knocked off by the bolos. Yeah. And then Shanghai rules. Yeah. Shanghai rules is so good. And then obviously <sighs> to, to, for the listener, Shanghai rules, he he's got four uh villains, yep. henchmen, whatever, in front of him. Uh he's outnumbered, he's outgunned, and he says, How about I give you assholes a chance? Little Shanghai rules, throws a can up into the air and says, No one draws until the can hits the ground. Throws the can up into the air, and then all the four people that are uh, wait, looking up and waiting for the can to drop so they can shoot him, he just shoots. Yeah. And it's a nice movie moment. It's badass, and it makes sense that these idiots would be idiots because yeah. they're idiots. And when it lands, and he just goes draw, <laughs> and it's it's just badass moviness. Yeah, it's so, so it's so good. almost like cheesy as well that it works. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? uh, Again, it's the kind of the quick on your feet or like, I've done this before. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. Like, I've been in this situation before. I yeah. know what to do. And you get that cool, calm, yeah. uh, collective. Like, He's uh, almost got uh, an Indiana Jones to him if Indiana Jones was an absolute dirtbag scumbag who yeah, hated everything. That's fair. He's You can tell he's been wizened by the world since he was five. Yeah. And knows what to do to survive. Uh, in the same way that Indiana Jones doesn't sword fight that guy, yep. he shoots him. All right. So one of the things I think gets missed sometimes in that movie is um, obviously he drops his um, coat and some other dude finds it and picks it up. And then that's where all the, the hollow stuff is. So he, he informs HQ, so, hey, I lost all my shit. Mm. And they're just like, don't give a shit, mate. Yeah, yeah. you got to just crack on. Um, then he rocks up to Beverly Hills. Yep. I think. Yep. yep. Um, he gets down that way, and that's when he meets what's her face. <sighs> yeah, what's her face is correct. You know what? He's such a forgettable person. Fucking yeah. like unnecessary. She will be now known as what's her face. What's her face? Who's there for a bit of exposition and then dies? Yeah, exactly. Because what's like... her face didn't need to be in this film. Yeah. Um, and then meets the Hollywood surgeon, which is Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah, it was Bruce Campbell. You, yeah. All right, interesting factoids. Hit me. Bruce Campbell and Kurt Russell uh, share the same uh, stunt double. Oh, look at that. All right, yeah. That's a, uh, so, yeah, he's been working with him ever that since. That makes a lot of sense. Which, actually, funnily enough, um, uh, it's something completely off topic. Well, I'd say quite uh, more recent, obviously, you know, Tom Hanks. Um, he has stunt doubles, but in Forrest Gump, when he was having to do the running, mm. um, they had to get his brother in. Ah. Because uh, Tom Hanks has such a unique style of running that they got Tom Hanks as actual brother to huh. do it instead. Yeah, little little stunt double factoid there for you. Tom Hanks' brother has done a lot for Tom Hanks in that he was the voice of all the Woody dolls too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to this anyway, right, awesome so kick-ass to, yeah. 90s movie and not Tom Hanks. <laughs> not Tom Hanks' is running. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so he gets he escapes from the Hollywood surgeon with the dart, the yeah. sleep dart. Mm-hmm. Great. Love it. The Hollywood people, it's something, it is something out of... Uh, Again, on the nose, um, it's sort of a uh, satirical take on the sort of um, the warped Hollywood higher class, you know, obviously yeah. striving for longevity and looks and beauty. Yep. Thank you, John Carpenter, for that very yeah, subtle message. It's very... There. It's there. We get it. Yeah. But it's, it looks very... Um, 
Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and yep. very uh, good reference that John Waters movie, which I can't remember the name of, but yes, it's very um, quite scary. When I was which a kid, I scared grotesque, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very gr- grotesque is a great word. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's it's good. You know, when we talk about the effects and stuff like that, I, I feel like the, the makeup and some and the props in this movie actually go quite a long way and actually help hold up the movie a little bit. I mean, we talked last time about. Um, God, what we with Judge Dredd yeah. and the the props in that the the practical effects hold up. Yeah. The CGI looks terrible. It's same with this. The... It's world building, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's um, you you kind of believe that this stuff is there and it's happening, which again is is quite it's it's quite cool. Uh, John Carpenter does that quite well, I think, a lot of the time. Mm. He, he can like establish like a good in like a, a real world setting, and he can make it quite believable in that sense. Yeah. He can, and that's why They Live is yeah. an underrated film. So, yeah, so I feel like he... It's such a funny thing, then, then, like to think that John Carpenter can get some of the best practical effects out there, mm-hmm. and then the CGI is just so fucking dire. Yeah. Pardon my language, but... Yeah, oh, yeah. that's one so many times already. <laughs> but, no, but it is, and I think it's because he potentially went too big with what he wanted the scope of it to be. Yeah. So, for the earthquake, the the... The skyscraper getting hit by the helicopter, yeah, you know the the shark, things like that that you didn't necessarily need. Mm. But then you look at the smaller things that he can afford, and that's it. I think it is he for several years running. He didn't make a classic film. He probably Which couldn't. Makes me then wonder how he even got fifty million together to make this sequel. Well, he ha- him and Kurt Russell wanted to make this film for years yeah. since uh, Escape from New York, and then they got Deborah Hill, mm. who wrote Halloween. Yep to come in and do the script uh, and then that got them the budget. Fair. Because it went from being a good film to being Mm. a wonderful Deborah Hill movie. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he couldn't get the money for all these big things. He still included them anyway. Yeah. He should have, in hindsight, taken the uh, Guillermo del Toro approach. I don't have the money for it. Also, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'll do something else. There's a great bit in Blade 2 when Donnie Yen's character Snowman gets killed and it's all in shadows because they couldn't afford the actual money for a CGI team. And it's great. It's scary as balls because it's all in shadows. And this wasn't. But the Hollywood surgeons, great. Very, um, as you said, grotesque. Again, hats off to him for that. So moving along in the storyline then, um, so he escapes uh, from the surgeons. It, it seems a lot of that. It seems like, right, get into trouble, yeah. get out of it, get into trouble, get out of mm. it. Um, and then, uh, if I remember correctly, does he get picked up by Eddie after that? He I gets think. picked up by Eddie after the death of the of what's of the face. Chick, yeah, so yeah. it must be, yep. Yeah. And then... And uh, Eddie shoots him with two darts in the chest because it's Cuervo's... It is Cuervo's car. Car, uh, yeah. and then... We have a weird black and white yeah filter effect filter effect with everything going warp and it doesn't. Oh, I, I, I quite like that bit. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's tonally so different. And again, I mean, I'm just, I didn't like it. I didn't like that yeah. it was black and white. That's the thing that I think bugged oh, me. Oh, fair enough. Because it felt that bit felt cheap. Yeah, cheap. It is like uh, was it Movie Maker? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably is. And then uh, he has to play some basketball. Uh, so he practiced in between scenes uh, mm. basketball so that when it did come to that, he could actually make those shots, which is really cool, I think. Uh, again, when we start to talk about like the practical side of things, yeah, is it better for him that he actually played and made those shots rather than quite easily? Could have CGI'd it. Could have CGI'd that. You know, was this 1996? I mean? When was Space Jam? 
<laughs> well, there you go. Um, but when you think about how a lot of that stuff gets done today in terms of like, uh, you know, YouTube, and you think of like, uh, what, like some, you know, if you like people are awesome. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Or what's the other? It's the, um, there's something dudes, dude perfect, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they do these crazy shots and stuff. Yeah, like off that. the side of a cliff. Yeah, uh, and it bounces off the boat and then still lands in the hoop on the rock. And, and I always raise like, an eyebrow at stuff like that. You're going to go, eh, but but you what you don't see is the thousand times they threw the ball off exactly. beforehand. Um, but comparatively, so we've mentioned that this and Escape from New York are pretty much the same film. Oh, exactly the same. Plot so points. the beat in uh, Escape from New York is he has to with a hammer and nail, yeah, baseball bat fight in a wrestling ring against a giant yeah yeah in this he has to play basketball yeah later on he goes surfing yeah and afterwards he goes hang gliding it's pretty extreme it's very it is so mtv (laughs) it is the most mtv non-mtv movie you've ever seen i get exactly what you're saying (laughs) yeah um yeah it's you know they have to change up the beats or some of it uh obviously you've done a one-on-one competition with yeah that giant dude and it gets pretty violent that's such a great scene it is and but then it's that kind of like it that looming uh countdown the you know as it ticks down for the shot clock yeah no that's a little bit of urgency and tension and then he finally makes it and everyone's like oh shit made it all right and then here's a question for you yep uh how long has he got 60 seconds i think so to make 10 shots which is yeah it's not a lot of time not allowed to miss once yeah do you think you could make 10 runs court to court good question you're oh, my level of cardio <laughs> you're a lot fitter than me thank you uh you know so well we're, we're both specimens yeah um, we are <laughs> so we i'm the danny devito you're the Arnold schwarzenegger it's fine i'll take that um but yeah he, he, do you think you could do that just even 10, right. 10 laps. How big in... is a, ba- a basketball court? I think it's 30 meters. How big is a basketball court? Uh, according to producer Gareth, it is 28.7 meters. So, do you think you could run that? Put that into my head. So, is that say 28.7 times like, 10? Would that be like the width of a rugby pitch? Mm, it would be just, it would be from the halfway to the 22. Yeah, okay, halfway to the 22, could I run that 10 times? 10 times in 60 seconds. Oh, when was the last time you went to training? <laughs> 2017. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> probably the same for me. Um, and it was like, and when we do those kind of like, oh, those god-awful like Broncos things. Yeah. So you got to run up at night. Um, again, I just try to think there, one, two, three, four. Oh, God, no. Do you Let's know put, what? Let, no. let me put I, it into context. It's 28.7, so it's times that by 10. It's about 300 metres. Could you run 300 metres in 60 seconds? All right, that actually puts a bit more in perspective. Uh, right, let's just try and think. How fast can you run that 100 metres? Probably around about 10, 13 seconds. 12, probably I'd like, be really generous, 15 seconds. 200 metres, 30. 300 metres, 45 seconds. At, at 100 metre pace, though. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, okay, so you, let's pad that out a little bit more. Yeah, 50, 55. So you've got not a lot. So thinking there then, obviously you shoot the you shoot the basket. Mm. You've got to wait, gotta wait, wait. For the, wait for the ball to drop down. Oh, that was one thing that bugged me. He would take the shot and then just let it bounce a couple of times before he grabbed it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, just get underneath that hoop. You've made the shot. 
Yeah, well, he'd have to anyway, wouldn't he? That's the thing, because he'd, he'd have he to go He'd still, it. like, just drill. He'd, like, Harlem Globetrotter the first yeah, few bounces. Yeah, he does bounces. seem a bit nonchalant when it he comes to dribbling so that ball. Ch- but that's who Snake Plissken is, man. He is. Apathy. Because he knew he'd make that half-court shot. Oh, yeah, it wasn't even half-court. It was a full-court. Was it full-court? Oh, oh it was, dude, wasn't it? it's yeah, from yeah. underneath his own hoop. Yeah, yeah, It's fair. impressive. That you is. can tell it's take 107, <laughs> but it's impressive. I would like to know how many takes that took, actually. I'd love for it to be three. It were like, yeah, first one, first time, every time. Um. But yeah, so 300 metres he runs with a basketball bouncing, not full speed. Yeah. I'm not calling bullshit. I'm just saying that's impressive. That is some... It's a, it's a movie miracle. It's a movie miracle <laughs> for sure. Uh, but well done him. Yeah. No, fair. Uh, hats off to you, Kurt Russell, for making those shots. Yeah. Take 97. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so then he legs it. Um, he climbs over the cage. Yeah, I didn't like this. This is, this is the issue I have with... Uh, I'll have with every movie. 1917 yeah. has it. And you kind of called me out on it where I said, oh, someone taking a shot. They always miss. They always hit the railing or they always hit the fence. Yeah, it's in hard this... to make a... a it's, dude, like, honestly, it's for someone that has had to handle firearms beforehand and have had to, you know, go on shooting ranges and uh, hitting a moving target is sure. way harder than... Because everyone thinks, like, all right, you know, bit of Call of Duty here or there. Um, you just press the right trigger, man, and you shoot. It's, yeah, exactly, and and hopefully, like you, know, you get hit mark or something. <laughs> um, it is so much Head harder. Shot. Like Head just shot. like shooting at distance is hard enough. Shooting at distance when someone's moving is ridiculous. Here's my problem with it. With with Escape from LA is that uh, Snake is climbing over the fence to exit because yep. the bodyguards won't let him out. I'm going to come back to those bodyguards in just a second. Actually, yeah, yeah. Quavo Jones grabs his sniper rifle and lines up the shot. And then hits the railing, and then an earthquake starts. Yeah. Number one, just have it so the earthquake's the reason that he misses. Yeah, good shout. Okay. Number two, tell the dudes on the ground with the machine guns to kill him. Well, I think there it kind of shows that a this sort of slight loss of grip of power that Quavo Jones has then because Snake Plissken has one. And everyone's counting snakes. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, cool. And the people have spoken. Yeah, true. Uh, And number three, and this is something I don't know. Have you ever seen the film Ronin? Yes. Right. You know when they're planning the original heist and Sean Bean gets found out as being full of shit because he says, the cars are going to come around the corner here. We have shooters this side of the road. We yep. have shooters this side of the road. And Robert De Niro comes along and he's like, you've got shooters on either side of the road shooting at each other. They're going to take uh-huh. each other out. Cuervo Jones has an entire circle basketball court yeah. around the ba- all pointing guns at each other they are definitely at least one of them at one point missing and killing each other Yeah, that's that just... should have been in the film and they just get dragged on and then someone else gets brought out because that is uh, it was dumb because that does happen in what movie am I thinking of uh, is it Total Recall where Arnie is rocking through and he's a hologram and then the guys all shoot each other. Yes. Yes. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then he comes out and says, this one's it's still like... a hologram. <laughs> and kills him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, you know, you kind of think, yeah, in that firing circle, yeah, you would not want to be opposite somebody as a, <laughs> a drinking problem. Rand- randomly <laughs> yeah. into a basketball court. Because you see, obviously, at the beginning, before he gets taken in, mm. that there is a guy already there trying oh, to make yeah. the and shot. And that's when I was like, someone here needs to shoot someone else accidentally. Yeah. That would be funny. And it... also, they're all wearing perfectly fitting suits. <laughs> Are they? Yeah. They're in full on, like, tuxedo. Yeah. Not tuxedo, but sort of like, uh, uh, um, <sighs> who guards the president? What are they called? Bodyguards. But like, the, se- the Secret Service. <laughs> secret they're, service. They're, they're, they're in Secret Service suits with almost looking like um, Isaac Hayes from 
Correct. Escape from New York. Yeah. It's just bits like that that stand out to me as this could have been thought out more. For example, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. There's not one bit in that film where I'm not, not thinking, okay, George Miller took at least a week to figure out what why that looks like that, what mm. that does, who this services, why it's there, yep. everything, everything, everything. There are so many films similar to Escape from LA and others that I love where I'm just like, oh, that was a snap decision. Yeah. Should we have them in suits? Yes. Why? doesn't matter. Because it looks cool. It co- does look cool. But where yeah. are we getting the suits from? doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Why Asking are they perfectly too many questions. Yeah, too, exactly. <laughs> it needed... I get what you're saying. Yes, but why? Yeah, because anyway, if you want to really sort of dig out and like start opening up some larger plot holes, you're like, what is the economy of uh, LA about? You know I mean, where yeah. how are people surviving? Do does the government drop in food? You know, like where's everyone getting all their shit from? Yeah, talk about a film like, that needed some cannibals. Well, there we go. Um, so it, it does open up some questions when you start sifting through it. But again, mm. as we say. Yeah, don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Hey, if you don't, don't, ask don't, questions. Want to ask, don't want to know the answers. Don't ask them. Um, so after that, he escapes, and then he surfs. He does. Um, so he, it's a great scene, because again, <laughs> talk about poor CGI. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he gets shot. No, wait a second. Hang, hang a second. So he escapes there. Yeah. Uh, is it Maps of Stars Eddie follows him down into the sewers? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Shoots him. Shoots him in the leg. He's like, hey, Quiver, I got. Uh, I killed him, I killed him, I killed him. And he's like, well, where's the body? Yeah. And he's like, right, I've got to go find it. So then he goes, tracks it down into the trenches or the LA River. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter Fonda is there, conveniently. Yeah. Hey, I've got a spare surfboard as well. Yeah. One of the things I did not get about that, right, is that he. Is there, and he's like, all right, my Jeep's down here as well in the riverbed, so that's getting fucking trashed. Yeah. Why? Why don't you just park it up above? Yeah. The, you know, like, and then take, obviously conveniently there to grab a surfboard from it, but at the same time, it's just a bit like, no, you sort of, uh, you'd think that's something like in, like in LA, um, that's resources would be quite scarce. So a moving vehicle would have it would some have such a high value high property, value property. yeah yeah but you're like fuck it yeah like and you see trashed. that with so many apocalyptic films yeah war of the worlds yeah yeah you know he nearly gets killed for his car uh and all he wants is his daughter back great get it i understand what this world well, is I just now just spoke about mad max yeah you know absolutely I mean? like, how, how much does he give a shit about his car oh it's all about guzzling yeah. man um yeah so again ill-conceived Little bits. It's so so, yeah. so few bits that added together. You're just like, yeah, okay. As soon as I think about it, it's. But that's why we don't. But think I'm about not it. in it. To, I'm not in this one. I'm not in it to think about it. I'm in it to watch Snake Plissken do some Snake Plissken shit. Yeah. Um. I really want to talk. I want to talk really quickly about um Leyland Orsa, Leyland Orsa, Leyland Orsa. Yeah. He is most famous for being the guy in Seven that's forced to have sex with the lady with the razor dildo. Do you know what I've I scrubbed that from my mind? Okay, thanks for reminding me. He's also me the dad in the guest. <laughs> yep. Okay, he's in this film for one scene to spend nothing less than four minutes explaining a what the little nuclear key code is. Yep. What the nuclear key codes are and the devastating effect it would have on the earth if yep. the worst key code six 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 was keyed in and is never seen again. I think his character name is Test Tube. Doesn't go anywhere near a test tube, but that's all he's doing. And yeah. okay, 
fair enough that that's what the end of the movie is. Yep. Spoiler alert. But there were there must have been a smarter way to do all of that. Yeah, I I kind of because you it's this MacGuffin that they're trying to chase down, and they finally explain what it's all about, and this is you know a doomsday kind of EMP mm-hmm. you know um, device that could shut down uh, something as small as a town to a whole country. Yeah, not, depending you, on which key you code in. Yeah. Which again doesn't really make sense. It doesn't because um, all of them, all of the codes are three digits. Yeah, there's like, more than nine hundred and ninety nine places in the world. Yeah, it really. <laughs> One of those codes is in the entire world, so you've got nine hundred ninety eight places left. Yeah. Oh, again, don't ask questions, don't Craig. Ask questions. Um, oh, I'm gone. Fuck. Sorry. Right. Um, yeah. So Leyland also explains exactly what Snake needs to do to. Thanks, Leyland. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Bye. Um, yeah, and he jogs on. Um, so that's when he's on the treadmill, isn't he? He's going for a little Literally walk. jogging on, yeah. Yeah, having a little jog on uh, there, Snake. And Whilst the president back at HQ is cowering under a table. Yeah, I feel like that does a disservice to that character. I agree. A little bit. Yeah, because he's meant to be this self-righteous, um, you know, sort of uh, moralistic Christian, you know, massively, you know, singing virtue yeah. guy and and then he becomes a snivelling wreck after the death of his wife yeah it's a bit like you kind of think someone that driven and on principle would just be like so stubborn that he would not care it'd, it'd be such like a narcissist yeah that you just i don't i don't see how he's got these kind of like almost like bipolar opposites and it's like a very different character yeah you know what i mean so yeah, that, it it really didn't play too well on me. I I think if if he just had him as more ruthless, he would have been a better character. Yeah, but we'll we'll touch on that in the cast. With that, so yeah, so he surfs the LA River. He um, does. He does. He, he, he catches some, I mean, some waves. It. It's surfing. It's snake plissken surfing. Ah, oh, dude, like that's one of those. That's part of the movie where you really just go. You know, if you that's, were that's the perfect time to go to the bathroom. That's like you can check out that movie at yeah. that point. You're yeah. like, right, if you're not in, then you're out. Yeah. And if you're in, you're all in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh he surfs and then he gets seen by Maps to the Stars Eddie. Yeah. Uh, it's a the... great look. Do you know one of the funniest things in that movie where he does the double take? Steve Buscemi has great control of his own face. Yeah. And does. that's I a weird sentence to, to say. I think you have to, with a but... face like that. <laughs> But yeah, he, he and then he convinces perhaps the stars Eddie to take him to Hershey. Right. Okay. So as a as a kid, when I watched this movie, I was like, "What the hell is this bit?" Because <laughs> what the hell happened in Cleveland? Who the hell is Car Jack Malone? I did not understand. I felt like, well, did I miss something in Escape from New York? Uh, there's obviously this. This whole, you know, rich tapestry of backstory, which I am not familiar with. Um, So, uh, a little fact factoid about that is this the genesis of Cleveland? Uh, It is something to do with the fact that you know when we're talking about how people put in their own things, you know, like Stephen King and that stuff. So, uh, so there's several references to Snake Plissken and the city of Cleveland. Yep. Um, so it's an in-joke reference to a friend of John Carpenter um, who knew a guy from Cleveland named Snake Bliskin. Yeah. 
So I take back actually my comment about he's great at carrying up with character names because actually Cause that was actually, a real person. He actually knew a guy called Snape Bliskin. Uh, so it's supposedly where Carpenter got the name for the character uh, when he was writing uh, when he was writing for Escape from New York. Mm. So um, I want to know what the character of Snake Bliskin was before he met Snake Bliskin in Cleveland. Yeah, I I I can imagine if you I meet someone. I McGraw. <laughs> if you meet someone called Snake Bliskin, you'll remember that name. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, but yeah, Hershey, the carjack references and all the Cleveland stuff is, it's, I quite like it. I quite like it's it when things well are building, unexplained yeah. and you're just like, oh, and okay. Yeah, you have to just take that with a grain of salt. You, you've, you've seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Yes. Yeah. The stuff and that happened. I've seen them both. That is a shame. Uh, <laughs> no, all the stuff about Cincinnati yeah. in Hot Tub Time Machine. Never explained. Never needs Doesn't to be explained. It's great though. It's yeah. a, probably one of the funniest parts of the film for me. But as a kid, yeah. like when you don't quite have that understanding of things like that, you're just like, I've not been explained what this is about. It was so yeah. confusing me, to me for such a long time. Yeah. And I was like, who the f-? like? And I was have, and I remember after watching that, having to go back and watch Escape from New York and yeah. be like, who is Carjack Malone? Yeah. Why is he now a transgender? Pam Greer. What Pam up? Greer, yeah. yeah. So to get the voice, they had to lower her voice by an octave. Nice in post production. So that's why she sounds like that. S- sounds ridiculous. Sounds but, ridiculous. But it's Pam Greer, so it's great. Yeah. But that's why it has that kind of almost like slightly electronic sound to it. If you know. What yeah. I mean. it's, it doesn't sound natural. No, it's very synthesizery. Yeah. But with with Carjack slash Hershey, he hang glides or paraglides into well, Cuervo's establishment. He does. So this is where um, I'm not too sure when it, when when you hear that Kurt Russell wrote the ending for this. Yes, I'm wondering how much of the ending he wrote, as in is this is this included the the hang glider stuff? I hope again, not. Again, when you start thinking about the practical side of it, when they're actually flying in into what's it called against Kingdom? Yeah, it's called something. It's like the Happy Kingdom or, yeah. or something like that. Uh, yeah, Happy Kingdom. So, oh, there you go. All right, so did you know about that Happy Kingdom, actually? Uh, it was supposed to be Disneyland, because it's LA. Yes, yeah. yes, I did. All right, so do you know what it was? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, do you know what the Happy Kingdom actually was? Oh, no. All right, so uh, it was actually the uh, town square from Back to the Future at Universal. I did know that. Yeah, okay, yeah. nice. Well, there you go. So a um, bit of a, a bit of a throwback there. Uh, Two weeks in a row we've yeah. talked about Back to the Future. Okay. Good God. <laughs> Um, it's it's all connected. <laughs> the Illuminati is real. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they fly in, um, some you know, and then all hell kicks off, Look. and then they escape in the helicopter. I I am gonna have to, and I know I think a running theme of every episode we do from now should just be you saying the words "don't ask questions." Yep, <laughs> but it's become a catchphrase. I, <laughs> but if you can't shoot someone from a distance, fair enough. Yep. But if they're moving at a small amount of speed, mm-hmm. descending in a hang glider, so you've just got to they shoot the wall. They do not look off. like they're moving that quick. They don't at all. And it because and there of that, are it makes hundreds it look awful. of people on the ground yeah. and three in the air. If you all all of them just shot directly upwards, they'd hit. Yeah, but they they'd, don't. You'd have to hit something for reasons. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. Don't ask questions. But that yeah. was silly. Yeah, that it. It, again, it's it's one of those things where when you put uh when you put a firearm in someone that is untrained, mm. yeah, it's it's amazing how much someone can miss uh, even a target in front of you. Sure, 
And I'd like to think that his bodyguards and things like that are literally Joe Public, kind of like criminals just landed. I need a job. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go work for Quavo Jones. Which, but then I think you need to see them make more mistakes. Yes. For that to be. And again, well, don't how ask many mistakes do you want, mate? Just. <laughs> Just one. I want someone in the circle to shoot someone else in the circle. Yeah. Or I want someone to accidentally shoot their own foot. Yeah. Or I want them to spray the gun and it does the typical like, and then they shoot up and up and up and up and up because yeah. they can't hold, they can't handle the recoil. Yeah. Don't ask questions. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so they get in the helicopter. All right. And then one of the funniest things is, and they shoot that helicopter mm. and everybody else dies. Yeah. Except for, and you see them all get a massive big ball of CGI shit fire. But he puts on his coat though because it's fire uh, proof. Was it? Yep. Maybe. What happens to uh, Utopia? She's in helicopter. She hasn't got a fire retardant coat on. Don't ask questions. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't ask questions. Um, So yeah, everyone dies except for the main important two people. Yep. Um, Maps and, and Stars Eddie jumps out of the helicopter because he's flip flopping as to whose side he's on throughout the whole yeah, film. He's, he's he, a survivor. It's Maps to the Stars. That's why I, I, I would have liked it if he'd have. They should have had this, and it's little things, but you set up at the beginning of the film that there's cannibals. Mm-hmm. Maps to the Stars Eddie jumps out of the helicopter at the end and lands surrounded by cannibals. That would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well done, Eddie. You're dead. But it's Steve Buscemi, and I don't think anybody wanted to kill off Steve Buscemi. I don't think anybody wants to eat him either. No, true. Yeah. There's not much there. <laughs> Um, so he lands back um, in America. Yep. Uh, helicopters crashed. The helicopter crashed, but it still manages to fly ten minutes in the air. That's all you need after it's <laughs> after getting hit by a rocket launcher. Yeah, um, it is the it is the future. It is, it is it is the helicopter of the future. Um, uh, it crash lands and then uh, they find Utopia. Yes, Summit because she's flying around, and then he's like the president's like, yeah, kill her. Yep, great. Um, I love that. Yep, and then Snake Bliskin's like, right, I'm gonna shut down the world, sort of saying, or oh, give me the virus, that's it. And, and give then me the antidote. Like, give, give, the the, give me the antidote, and they don't. And then they realise, oh, it was all a hoax. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah, but he knew all along. He didn't know that the antidote was a hoax. I feel like he did. No, he did. Oh, he must have done because uh, Carl Jack Malone or Hershey um, is like, oh, and the blue toxin seven virus is, uh, you know, like gives no, no, a keep go- going with that sweet, sweet Pam Greer voice. Go on, <laughs> uh, I'm all right. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, oh yeah, it's all bullshit. It's all government conspiracy stuff. Yeah, uh, I think it's such a throwaway he, line. He must have not known because hit right, and this is probably my biggest grievance Mm -hmm. with snake throughout the whole thing okay his end plan is very convenient he's going to put the real no he's going to put the maps of the stars eddie keypad in uh utopia yeah and keep the real one on himself yeah at the same he's going to crash land they're going to find him but at that point he is as we find out shortly a hologram yeah uh so he's relying on them a finding utopia at the right time B, no one coming up and just patting him on the shoulder and going, good job, which you yeah, wouldn't yeah. do, or shooting him immediately, which they wouldn't maybe or could have maybe done, yeah. or really heavily relying on the antidote being fake and someone not coming up to him being like, injection. Yeah, 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 that's a good shot. But then they find Utopia, realise that he's made the old switcheroo because the guy with the ponytail knows Snake and kind of respects him, and I quite like that. Yeah. And then they they think that they've given, he's planted the device on her which is interesting because they didn't know there was a second one. Yeah. And then they 
play they're planning to destroy Cuba? North Korea? Or Mexico. Mexico? Yeah. Uh, key in the coordinates, and it plays a maps of the Stars Eddie voiceover. Yep. Then they figure out that Snake is a hologram. Yeah. His whole plan relies on everyone keeping a safe distance from him. Yeah. And the antidote not being real, and them finding Utopia, and them realizing that there was another device. That's a suck. That is a lot convenient. of. Pretty convenient. All worked out. That is, <laughs> <laughs> that is so much. Dominoes falling at the right place. That is very lucky. That's uh, what a but that's military snake strategist. Is, man. Hey, snake is. Call hey. him snake. He knew what was going on. But yeah, and then the sort of the finale of it all is he shuts down the earth. Great. Um, six six six. Yeah. Boom. That's the code. Right, done. Saves Utopia from electric shock. And he does that weird look into the camera like, at the end, yeah, which the, is the... a bit like okay. Yeah, I is that for, do. You, do you feel that's fourth wall breaking? It's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Okay. That my note is fourth wall break. Sigh. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I had to. I, we were well, there all along. I worked <laughs> on a film recently where the the director was like, "Oh, and we end it with the character looking down the lens. It's a horror film. Looking down the lens, going shh." And I was like, "That's fucking stupid because we've yeah. not broken the fourth wall for the entire movie. Yeah. Why are we doing it here? And I it was kind of building up to it as we were watching it, where I was like. Oh, is he about to break the fourth wall? Does he break the... Oh, oh he went and done did it. Yeah. Oh, no. Fourth wall breaking in the movies, I think, is... I don't think it's ever done well. I like it in... When it's, like, meta... In Ferris Bueller's. Yeah, but that's... Oh, do you know what? I, is that... Is that not just narration? You know what I mean? Is, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like I'm telling you what, because I am the narrator. Okay, you know yeah, I mean? okay. But when Dead, it's like... Deadpool? Again, narration. Wayne's World? Like, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's others, but there Wayne's are. World. Okay, all right. But you have convinced me. Yeah. And the fact that using Wayne's World. <laughs> All right, yeah, okay, okay. That's done very well. Uh, but that's... It's that's an exception always, that proves that's always 99 like times meta. out of 100. Yeah, that's the It is meta, yeah. Okay, that's... Yeah, a good shout, actually. Exception to the rule does not, you know, yeah. make it... Uh, doesn't make it okay. Yeah, it does not make it exception. It means that it was done well that time. Yeah. I think it's done well in first periods. I see what you mean about narration. Uh, but any breaking of the fourth wall that's cr- just there at the end... Yeah. What is... Bad, and it happens in it's the It's like new... the cherry on top of all the shit that we just watched. Yeah, and it's just like right, big sigh. Yep. Luckily, luckily, it's the end of the movie, luckily. and that's it. But that's that's the movie, and it's great, and it's awesome. And if I had to do a super cut of this film, yep. I would. I'd cut out what's her name. I would probably cut out a lot of the. Um... Look, there's a lot. <sighs> I'd, of chaff. I'd cut out a lot of the stuff with Hershey. I think Pam Grier is great, but that felt. The, a the lot expedition, like we need... a little bit of of you know you're getting done over, um, yeah. but I feel like that could have been done in a better way. Yeah, it could, it, but it drove them towards the finale, uh, and I would have cut out a lot of the extreme sports. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, right, okay. So, story wise, uh, guilty pleasure. I'm gonna have to say guilty. Yeah, I I, I would say it's do you know the what? Same movie. It's the same movie. Um, and one of the one of the funny things there, which we probably would have touched on a little bit more when we actually talk about John Carpenter, mm. um, is that it's actually one of the only sequels that John Carpenter's ever directed. Yes. Um, so although he uh, co-wrote Halloween, Halloween two, he didn't direct it. He didn't direct it. Uh, 
with uh, Deborah Hill, mm-hmm. you know, which was turned down. Represent. Uh, he uh, turned down. Uh, he turned down that chance to uh, direct it, uh, citing that it would be just more of the same. Yeah, which so is ironic. Yeah, really <laughs> ironic because uh, uh, that's one of the biggest criticisms of this movie. Exactly, the fact that it is exactly. Yeah. almost like note for note, beat for beats, same movie. So, yeah, uh, yeah bit of a bit weird decision making there. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, let's talk a little bit more John Carpenter, but let's talk about the soundtrack. I he think movie, John wrote... Carpenter can make a film with his soundtrack. Definitely. And the on Precinct 13 is... Great, easy, done. On my running playlist. Hall- as it should be. Yep. Halloween. Like that yep. little jingle is scary. It's thrilling. It's used correctly. Yep. Escape from LA has moments of John Carpenter soundtrack. Yeah. Kills it. Intro. Yeah. Yeah. Bang. And anytime yeah, when he's traveling in the the terrible submarine. Down, awesome. down, down, down. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fart rock comes in. Every yeah, it's a bit so farty. Often, every so often it's just But you gotta say that little uh what what's the word I'm looking for when it's kind of like it, it you, you say it's like a little jingle, but it's almost like um you know, it's like his calling card is, rep- you know, is uh, when he rocks up, it's his little almost yeah, like theme. His, in yeah, a way. his little theme. In the same way that um, Spider-Man and Captain America have their yeah. own little jingly, billy, diddly, yeah. In the Avengers movies, Snake Plissken has his soundtrack. He's got his own soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's great. Those great. Those bits are great. But I think it gets ruined by the, oh, it's the 90s rock. Am I right? Yeah. So it's a victim of its time. Yeah. Which, you know. Still a pleasure. It's still a pleasure to listen to. Very much a pleasure listening to John Carpenter. Um, yeah. Have you ever listened to some of his albums? Not knowingly, probably. Yeah, he's uh, he's got like a, I forget what the album's called, but he's it's I think it's like unused music in mm. a way from from his movies or just things that he's composed over time. Um, and one of them is a great song called Vortex, mm-hmm. uh, which again on my running playlist. Uh, it's uh, so interesting to have a director write his own scores because when we talk about visions and things like that and you kind of think right i want to put down something on film on paper like this is what i can visually you know do most directors have um great great vision when obviously not being messed too much with studios but then to not only be able to have the eye but also the ear Mm. and kind of be able to bring it all together in a great package. And it's why John Carpenter probably is one of the best directors out there. Oh, big time. Because he can just deliver his message um, as best as anyone can because he has so much creative control over his movies. Yeah. He uh, is an auteur. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, you know, uh, a man of many trades yeah. and skills. Um, saying that, you know I mean, it doesn't always go to plan. No. Um, so it's... It's it's a hard one because again you have, uh, you know when we talk about an update, um, of, and that's what this movie is. Mm. Um, it's it's like updated music as well. It's the same theme, just a little bit like a little bit more tempo, a little bit more, a little bit more this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, the soundtrack is great, but as you said, farty rock kind yeah. of ruins it some at some point. Yeah. Um, which more evident, nothing more evident when he hides in the bushes and the two cars are chasing each other down the street at a very slow speed. Yeah, and they're both blasting potentially the same song. Sounded it. Yeah, it, it was very much like we're on Fart Rock FM together, and yeah. maybe that's why we're killing yeah, each maybe other. Maybe it's just in stereo. You got left <laughs> and right. Uh, so let's go through the cast. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go for the cast. It's a big um, cast. It is. There's some notable actors in it. Oh, um, yeah. So let's just go for the uh, main lot. Obviously, yeah, right, Kurt Russell. Pleasure. Next. Pleasure. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just great. He knows what he's doing. He's playing it like Clint Eastwood. He is mm. the character. You can't make Snake yep. Plissken. If they meant to remake Snake Plissken now, they the only person they could get to do it would be Wyatt Russell. I, no, I disagree because, How? right, have you seen the movie Lockout with Guy mm. Pearce? No. Right. It for me is the spiritual successor to um this movie. Oh, wait, is this the one where he hang glides into France? It is not. Okay. Um it's the one where he goes up into space, uh, right. into the space station, the prison. I have heard of this, I haven't seen it. Oh mate, honestly, great movie. Mm. Uh, uh it's it's the same plot points. It's like yeah. there's um president's daughter gets yeah. trapped on a spaceship. Yeah. Guy Pierce, ex military dude. Gets captured, gets sent up there. I Good. don't know if I can believe Guy Pierce is cool. Oh, he is very cool in this movie. I wait was a second. Not, was he not? No, cool? I've seen Lockout. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Lockout. Yeah, was he not cool in Memento? No, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't cool in LA Confidential. He's not cool in the Prometheus movies. Yeah. He's oh, very, yeah. very, very villainous in Lawless. Yeah, I'm sure. Like chilling out with him with a beer. Very cool guy. Lots of stories, a lot of things to He's say. Got a few good quips in Lockout, mate. But I just can't see him as a bit of a gruff. Yeah, as gruff as Snake Plissken. Yeah, yeah. There's not many people that can. I just don't think there's anyone that could do the role. No, in, that's fair. As as well as Kurt Russell does. If like I said, if they it's, remake uh, it and it's Wyatt Russell, I'll be behind it. But I think it's really like uh, I think Kurt Russell's come out and said before it's like his favorite character he's ever played. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, it'd be like. Um, Someone else doing Beetlejuice. So, no, that's Michael Keaton. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, he, he took that character pretty seriously. He got, like, pretty well in shape for it as well. So, mm-hmm. obviously, there's a lot of, like, pride behind behind that character. Wants to do it justice as well. Yeah. Don't just rock up and just go, this is a paycheck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so definitely uh, definitely pleasure on, on the front there. Um, Steve Buscemi? Uh, always a pleasure. I, I really uh, like yeah. Steve Buscemi. Even the name? Just... Yeah, Maps of the Stars Eddie is a bad name, but I'll overlook it. Maybe there's cause... somebody out there called Maps of the Stars Eddie. You never know. <laughs> First name Maps to the Stars, last name Eddie. Yeah. Uh, so Peter Fonda. <sighs> Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Harsh sentence. That. I know. Uh, I like Peter Fonda a lot. I think he's the best thing in Ghost Rider. Yeah. But Ghost Rider. Oh yeah, yeah. He was in Ghost yeah, Rider, wasn't he? he? Plays yeah. the devil. Of course he does. Yeah. Great. But yeah, this. Fair. Uh, Cliff Robertson, who played the president. Um, guilty in that one bit where he's hiding on the table. Pleasure yeah. for the rest of it because he's just playing a madman. Yeah, uh, he does. Uh, he does. He's almost like this evangelist. I'm actually pretty sure he was based on some sort of a, a TV evangelist or something like that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'd have to look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's the, what the character is pretty much based on. Yeah. And I suppose if you watch it now, you would probably have some sort of uh, connection and reference to someone like uh, Donald Trump. You yeah. know, someone very much uh, right-leaning, build a war, which yeah. they did. Yes, they yeah. did. Uh, or fighting with uh, Mexico. But it's one of those things, it's kind of like the moral America, isn't it? That's the, the, the sort of theme of, of this and how actually almost like corrupt that idea is. Yeah. Because on paper it sounds great, you know, that there is... Um, uh, everyone's vegetarian. Everyone. Oh is... yeah, the list of things that have been banned is yeah. great. Um, I can't. I don't think I wrote them all down. No, I didn't. 
But it's like no cigarettes, no drugs, no yeah, red no. meat, no alcohol, no this, no that. Yeah. No atheists. <laughs> I was like... Pretty strong. You're not saying what you're really saying, <laughs> which is no non-Catholics or potentially no Christians. No atheists is a very broad statement when what they really mean to say is only God-fearing. It, you probably have to look a little bit more into it, but is it... <laughs> You know, GJ Christian kind of religion, you know, or is it like, is it like full on Mormon? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what is the... Oh, you're not a Christian, but you are a Pastafarian, so you can stay. Yeah, exactly. How, yeah. Uh, how black and white is this? Exactly. But yeah, the list of things, it reminded me of equilibrium in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe Christian yeah. Bale could play Snake Plissken. Yeah, that would be a good shout. Yeah. Um... Yeah, who would who else would you could you get to play Snape these days? Uh, it'd be like, Tom Hardy, I was Christian just Bale. Um, it's your go to. I need I need a hard man. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of it. I mean, maybe McConaughey. No, not. too old. Too old. Um, could you get someone like a Chris Hemsworth? No, oh, it's mm, a bit too jacked. Bit too, but you could slim down. But it's like the Chai uh, Courtney sort of effect, isn't it? It's uh, like when he played Carl uh, Reese in the new Terminator Genesis yeah. movie. Well, yeah. I said that, I say new, recent. Is obviously compared to him to what's his name? Um, uh, Michael Good, uh, good knowledge, mate. Um, you know the the skinny like survivalist, yeah. uh, compared to the jacked Hollywood body that you have in these kind of days. Uh, I feel like you, Snake Plissken is that kind of survivalist. Yeah. You know I mean, you have to have that kind of very slender, athletic body. Yeah. Um, whereas you've got someone like, yeah, four coming in playing him. Couldn't work. So would that work with Tom Hardy? Probably not. Mm, I don't Christian know, yeah. Bale, yes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as well. Why not? Yeah. All right, mate. I think you're on your own on that one. <laughs> Um, so um, with that director let's uh, just nail him Uh, Uh, yeah John Carpenter I'm going to say pleasure it's a pleasure of a movie I'd I'd have to say he's very guilty of uh, rehashing plot lines you know I mean it's a great movie I do love the movie um, you know but he has to take responsibility uh, for some of the uh, some of the holes uh, some of the issues with production yep you've got a 50 million pound budget well, say pound fifty million dollar budget. Mm. You've rehashed all the plot points from New York. Yep, dropped the ball with CGI. Yeah, delivered a very rememberable version of it. Like there's so many cool quotes, so many good little parts of the movie which you go, yeah, remember that bit? Yeah, that was awesome. But how long and how much can you string that all together to make a good movie? Mm, yeah it's a bit of a it's a hard one again I love the movie I think it's a, a very much a guilty pleasure movie yeah uh, two stars again on Now TV uh, it was two stars on Now TV uh, yeah. we haven't touched him at all so let's just wrap him up real quick in 30 seconds Quavo Jones oh throwaway character yeah you know completely what? he's like your sub James Bond villain you know the villain from Octopussy it's like who was that doesn't matter yeah it's like it's generic villain number mm. 35 yeah you know what I mean would have been much better if it was um, the guy who plays the patriarch in the Adams family. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can't remember what his yeah. name is, but it would have been better if it was him. Uh, yeah, he could have probably even had like Quavo Jones, uh, not Quavo Jones, um, <laughs> Hershey. Would have rather Pam Grier yeah, be, yeah, be the Pam, villain. If Pam Grier is the villain, great. Yeah, but then you have to listen some... to CGI voice the whole film. But then it would have given some um, 
some cadence to the uh, dynamic of the plot because you'd yeah. have right. I actually know the villain Snake. You know that relationship yeah, between the two absolutely. characters. It would create a lot more conflict there rather than just some random Che Guevara wannabe. <laughs> it was a Che Guevara wannabe. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah, literally right. literally Guilty. a T-shirt. Guilty. Yeah, t-shirt Guilty for villain. John Carpenter. Guilty for Quavo Jones. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, there we go. So uh, I'll say guilty movie. Guilty uh, pleasure. Guilty pleasure. I guilty pleasure. Yeah, I, I love this movie, but I don't admit to it that much. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. So that wraps that up then. So uh, next uh, week we're going to have a look at Tremors. 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 Yeah. Tremors, go tremors. on then. Tremors. Kevin Bacon. Uh, so yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. I've uh, been your host, Adam. I've been Craig Busick. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. We are watching a movie. Are talking about so sit back and relax and it's time to talk about it talk about it maybe get some popcorn or maybe some snacks because we are watching a movie that we're gonna be a talking about uh,